Welcome to the Uncommon Church Podcast. Today, you'll hear a message from our pastor, Brad Carrington. We hope that it helps you to know God, grow strong in your faith, and do all that he has called you to do. Turn your Bibles to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. I love the Bible. By the way, if you're wondering what to put in your house, put the Word of God in your house. Like, I, you reading your Bible is extremely important. It is the bread of life. So I double dog dare you to read your Bible five, 10, 15 minutes a day, every single day. I love the Old Testament stories. I don't wanna live under the Old Testament law because of what Jesus has done in the new covenant, but I will learn of the character and nature of God and what he did in the Old Testament. What he did then, he can do today. Who he was then, he is today. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So when I read these old stories of what God did in the Bible, especially in the Old Testament, I'm looking for what God, what can you replicate in my life today? This is not just something, well, that's nice that you did that for Jewish people 3,000 years ago. I'm going, Lord, if you did it for them, then I'm believing you can move in my life, in my church, in my family, in my marriage, in my body, in my mind, and in my community the way that you moved back then. So we're gonna read a story about, now I have to, if you don't know what happened back then, God said to the people of Israel, the Jewish people, man, if you'll love me, if you'll honor me, if you'll serve me, I will bless you. But if you rebel against me and you, you'll let your hearts grow cold against me, things are gonna be tough for you. So um, King Saul, King David, King Solomon, things are going okay, but King David's grandson didn't honor God. King Solomon's grandson didn't honor God. Grandparents, it is extremely important that you disciple your grandkids. Parents, it is extremely important that you disciple your children to know the Lord. Aunts and uncles, it is extremely important that you disciple your nieces and nephew. God put those young people in your life for a reason. So we have a problem in the nation of Israel because some of the kings did not honor God. So God split the nation in two. The northern part of Israel was called Israel. The southern part of Israel was called Judah. Generally speaking, the northern part of Israel walked away from faith and serving God. The southern part of Israel and Judah kind of depended on who was in charge. So the nation would reflect the leadership. In the north, the nation is in trouble. It is in the toilet. There is nobody that loves God. The king is um, a, a wicked person that married an even more wicked woman named Jezebel. And they have led all of the Jewish people to worship demonic gods. In this, at the exact same time that the northern nation is going to hell in a handbasket, the southern nation in Judah is experiencing a revival. A, a, a visitation of God, a moving on the hearts of people to return to covenant worship and to honoring God. So even in our own nation, we'll see parts of our nation that whose hearts have grown cold and have turned away from God, but we also see this remnant. We see this group of people that are like, I don't care what everybody else is gonna do, but as for me and my house, we're gonna passionately pursue God. And that's what we're seeing in King Jehoshaphat. By the way, just... If your name is not Jehoshaphat, maybe send a text to your mom, thanks for not calling me Jehoshaphat. <laughs> Weird name, a kid probably got made fun of a lot in elementary school. Seventh grade, but Jehoshaphat was rough. Second Chronicles chapter 20. After this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, 
and some of the Meunites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat, against the king of Judah and the people of Judah. Somebody said, a vast army is coming against you from Eden, from the other side of the Dead Sea, near Hazan Tamar. That is, of course, En Gedi. We all know that, right? By the way, if you would like to visit En Gedi, we're hosting a tour of Israel, and we will take you to En Gedi this November. We've only had like four or five people sign up, but a lot of people have told Josie and I, yeah, we're praying about going. I need to start putting money down on your trip. If you're praying about it, start putting some dollar signs next to your prayer and get signed up for the Israel trip in November so we can get your rooms booked because we are at that point. I will take you to En Gedi in November. By the way, side note, if you are not going to Israel because you've said, I can't afford it, that's why you're not going to Israel. You have prophesied over what your finances are gonna be like at the end of the year. That's a sermon right there I really wanna get into. <laughs> what you experience tomorrow, you'll prophesy today. You wanna to experience financial lack tomorrow, speak it today. However, if you would like to go to Israel and it's gonna cost $4,000, why don't you speak favor over your finances? Make sure you're tithing because God can't bless those who keep the windows closed. But God said, if you'll trust me with the tithe, I'll open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing so great you won't have room to contain it. And you might say, it is impossible for me to gather $4,000 to go visit Israel by November. You have made it so with your words. Speak life and look at some uncle that dies and sends you an inheritance. Speak life, I'm not, not that I wanna kill your uncle, but I'm just saying, you don't know what God wants to do. Speak life, and your boss comes to you next week and says, listen, we were reviewing your salary package, and we have been underpaying you for so long, we're gonna cut you a one-time bonus check for $4,100. Speak life and walk into that. So many Christians live in lack because they speak lack. I don't have time to get into this. That's a great message I've got. There's a big army. Three different nations are coming against the little nation of Judah. King Jehoshaphat in verse three says, I will resolve myself to inquire of the Lord. I'm gonna talk about spiritual warfare. And when you feel the demonic world coming against you, this is your response. Not fear, not freak out, not panic button, not hide on Netflix, not hide in haagen -Dazs. It is to resolve yourself, I will seek the Lord. And then he proclaimed a fast. Remember how we all fasted in January and God poured out his spirit on our church in February? Not a coincidence. You need a breakthrough of God to move in your life? Discipline yourself that you shut down your physical man so that you can stay very carefully attuned to your spiritual man. And he called the people to fast and to seek God. So verse four, the people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. They didn't stay home and watch the live stream. You're like, I'm here, what are you talking about? They didn't stay home and watch the live stream. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. They came from every town in Judah to seek the Lord. Then Jehoshaphat stood up in the assembly of Judah in Jerusalem at the temple of the Lord, and he said, Lord, God of our ancestors, are you not the God in heaven? 
You rule over the kingdoms of the nations. Your power and might are in your hand. No one can withstand you. What's he doing? He's singing worship songs. This is what we sing on these worship songs. How great is our God? How powerful are you? You are amazing, God. He's, he's just reminding himself and reminding the people of, Israel, of Judah that their God is powerful. Verse seven, God, did you not drive out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel? Did you not give it to us forever? The descendants of Abraham, your friend. Does he, your friend. Well, that was a weird way that broke out. Wouldn't you love to be called a friend of God a thousand years later? Wouldn't you love that your pursuit of heaven now, generations from now, people are like, man, I tell you something about my great-grandmother, something about my great-great-grandfather. Man, he was a friend of God. I wanna be referred to as a friend of God like Abraham was referred to as a friend of God. Verse eight, we've lived in this land and built it a sanctuary to your name that if calamity would come upon us, whether the sword of judgment, plague, famine, we stand in your presence before this very temple. Verse 10, but now here's all these people from Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when we came from Egypt and they've turned away from them and then did not destroy them. So see how they are now repaying us by coming to drive out the possession that you gave us as an inheritance. Mom and dad, please be very careful to drive out the demonic strongholds that you struggle with. Otherwise your kids are gonna struggle with the exact same things. God puts you in this church to teach you what the Bible says about driving out demonic strongholds in your life so that you can give as an inheritance to your children freedom and deliverance. You are now acutely aware what the Bible says about living free. If you do not drive out the demonic strongholds that you struggle with, your children and grandchildren are gonna struggle with the same things. Please, for the sake of of your kids and grandkids. Live holy, pursue God, drive out these things that you struggle with. Verse 12, God, won't you judge them? We have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know what to do, but our eyes are on you. Wow, this is really breaking out weird today. Our eyes are on you. Our eyes are on you. We don't know what to do. The thing that's coming against me is bigger than I can handle. The thing that's come against my marriage, the thing that's come against my kids, the thing that's come against my house is bigger than I can handle. I don't know what to do, so my eyes are on you. This is a model to be followed today, not just look back at 3,000 years ago and glad that Jehoshaphat did that for the people of Judah. No, when you face something that is a demonic stronghold, that is an attack against your life, you lift your eyes to the Lord and keep your eyes fixed on the Lord. You run to him, not away from him. You keep your eyes fixed on the, the Lord. And notice that it was in the assembly of the believers Jehoshaphat didn't stay home and cry out to God. He got his church people together to cry out to God. He got himself involved in one of our small groups, a you group, so that he could share what God, these things are coming against me. So the other people surrounded him. Verse 13. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and all their little ones stood before the Lord. Just leave that up right there and I hope Lord isn't on another page. Good. <laughs> Just leave that up for a second, Josh. 
Family worship is extremely important. Communal worship is extremely important. Single people, you need to find some other single young men and women to run with. You need to find your family of brothers and sisters to seek God, to put your eyes fixed on the Lord. There is something to be said that when God is moving, that we go get our kids and babies and we together as a corporate body stand in the presence of God. There's, I love Kids Church. Our children's workers do an unbelievable job. They are not babysitting your children. They are having worship services and praying over your kids. But there is also times when God is moving that you get your kids and you all seek the Lord together. You all listen to the reading of scripture together. You all pray together. Mom and dad, I double dog dare you to be the, those parents that your kids become stand-up comics and make fun of 20 years from now. I was listening to Nate Bargatze who grew up in a spirit-filled Christian family and he's like, my parents were nuts. I want my kids 20 years from now to go, my parents were nuts because they made us read the Bible, because they made us pray together. There's something to be said for when mom and dad grab the children and say, we are going to pursue God together. And if you don't have your own family, then you make a family out of your squad, brothers and sisters in faith. We've got a lot of young women. There were six young women leading us in worship, all single. If you're a single fella, that's on you. That is your fault. <laughs> Amazing women. Amazing women. Amazing women. I'll tell you what though, I know these girls all quite well. None of them are gonna lower their standards, so maybe there's a reason why they haven't said yes to you. I'm fired up today. Uh, la, 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 la. Verse 14, the spirit of the Lord came on Jehazel. Spirit of the Lord came on a guy in the assembly. So he stood up in the group. He said, listen up, King Jehoshaphat, all of you that live in Judah, Jerusalem, everybody at Uncommon Church, do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. <laughs> Anytime in the Bible somebody says, do not be afraid, it's because there's a lot of reason to be afraid. <laughs> However, in the same word of the Lord, don't be afraid, is the word of the Lord, do not be afraid. God empowers us in spite of the vast army that's trying to destroy you to give you boldness, faith, and courage. Why? Because you've gathered together in the vast assembly of believers, you've asked the prophets to speak, and your eyes are fixed on the Lord. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged of this vast army because it's not your battle, it's God's. It is not your battle, it's God's. If you're looking for some sort of ridiculous tattoo in Hebrew, that's a verse I would recommend. The battle is the Lord's. I think you're silly for poking holes in your body, but the battle is the Lord's. I had to get a shot recently with my doctor. I have a little bit of what they call a phobia with needles. And when I say phobia, it means I like crawl under the examination table and suck my thumb and cry. And he said, preacher, I know that all preachers can fall into sin, but I guarantee you will never become an IV drug user. <laughs> I could easily fall into sin, but I will never stick a needle in my body. Verse 16, 
the word of the Lord. Tomorrow, I want you to march down and face that enemy head on. Those people are gonna be climbing up by the pass of Ziz. You're gonna find them there on the edge of the gorge of the desert, Jerul. You're not gonna have to fight this battle. All you gotta do is take up your position, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance that the Lord is gonna give you, Judah. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out and face them, the Lord is with you. So King Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. That is a good position for worship. Like coming in late, skipping worship, sticking your hands in your pockets and waiting for it to be over, not exactly a biblical posture for worship. Falling on your face here at the altar like so many of you did this morning, crying out to God is a biblical response to when God is moving in your life. And in this particular thing, the people of Judah are facing an army so great they're about to be overrun, but the Lord says, don't worry about it, you won't have to fight. But I do want you to go out to fight. You're gonna have to go out and face this enemy head on, but you're not gonna have to fight, I'm gonna fight for you. Verse, oh, I don't know, 20. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa, and as they went out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen, Judah, people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God. You will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets, and you will be successful. Leave that verse up for a second, Josh. Have faith in the Lord, have faith in the prophets. So many times, we'll get a prophetic word from a weird person, so then we're, and then maybe it doesn't even come true, so then we're like, all prophets are weird. And we shut our hearts down to the word of the prophet. Listen, I'm a preacher, and sometimes I don't preach good sermons, but nobody's gonna like ignore me and stone me because I preached a bad sermon. Sometimes the worship team plays a wrong note. We're not gonna stone them. Sometimes a prophet gets a word wrong. They're human. Sometimes they're gonna miss it. But if the men and women of God that serve as the prophetic voices in our house, they're right a lot more than they're wrong. So we keep our eyes fixed on the Lord, and we obey God, and we listen to the word of the prophet. So many Christians' lives struggle and they lose battles because they kind of glance at God once in a while and they do not listen to the voice of the prophet. I will also say this. He says, have faith in God and the prophets. You will be successful. Other translations say you will prosper. And when you read the story to the end, boy, did they prosper. Why? Because they trusted God and the prophets. He didn't say they would survive. So many times we lower the bar and we just, God, I just hope I can survive this onslaught of the enemy. God is not a survive God. He is a prosper you God, even in the midst of a battle. Because he wants you to steal what the, what the devil has, which is exactly what happens. So you're like, go oh God, if I could just possibly live another day and you have this woe is me, sorry, limp-wristed, toast, just kind of like sorry view of God, sorry view of the Christian faith, just kind of limping along and I hope we make it another day. The Lord's like, trust in God, trust in the prophets, I'll prosper you. You'll be just fine. After consulting with the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And then they went out of, in front of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord, his love endures forever. Verse 21, Josh, put it up again. They're going into battle. They're going into battle. And the king's like, you know what we really need here is a worship team. 
We, we, we need some men to sing. By the way, 3,000 years later, I'm still looking for some men to sing. Can I get an amen? amen? We need some men to sing about the splendor of his holiness. The beauty of his holiness. The vast nature of God's holiness. Let that be your heart song. Sometimes you're up here and the worship team is just playing and singing, but they're not singing words on the screen. And you're like, I don't know what to sing. God, you're holy. Holy, holy, holy. I lift my heart and I bless you. Holy is your name. Holy is your name. You could sing that song over and over and over again and you'll be doing just fine. Watch those enemies dissolve in front of you. Give thanks to the Lord. <laughs> so many times people are like, I'll thank him after I get the victory. Won't you thank him before? Thank the Lord for the victory he's about to give you. Thank the Lord for the prayer he's about to answer. Don't cry out to God for joy in your life and then wait to thank him until you're joyful. Thank him now until the joy comes on you. I'm preaching better than you're amening. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir who were invading Judah. And they were all defeated. Turns out they all started slaughtering each other. They didn't have to do anything. All they had to do was keep their eyes fixed on the Lord. All they had to do is trust the prophets and sing, holy, holy, holy is our God. And the enemy destroyed itself. And then you're going to find out, we won't take time to read it, for the next Four days, the army of Judah went ransacking the dead bodies of the evil armies. It took four days to gather all the loot. God prospered them. Why? Because they kept their eyes fixed on the Lord. They listened to the prophets and they raised their voice in worship. This is spiritual warfare. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. Josh, go ahead and pull up Ephesians 6. We may or may not go there. This is spiritual warfare. Now here's the funny thing, <laughs> funny thing. All the Lord wanted them to do was go out and sing. Sometimes I don't know what the Lord is asking us to do. And I'm, I'm the leader of this house and I'm not sure if we're supposed to sing or fight. But I do know that we're gonna try one and if that doesn't work, we'll go to the other. Because those are the only two responses. Sometimes we seek the Lord as a little child. What does that mean? Rest. Sometimes the violent take it by force and we take the sword of the spirit and go swinging it. But you can't rest and swing your sword at the same time or you're gonna hurt somebody. You're gonna pull something. So sometimes the Lord asks us to rest, trust, sing. And sometimes the Lord asks us to violently take it. The only answer I have for you is try one and if that doesn't work, try the other one. But it's gonna be either worship and rest or grab your sword and swing. Both require the Lord to move on your behalf. Both are spiritual warfare. Ephesians chapter six, and we'll, rent, we'll end with this. Worship team, you can come. It's gonna be verse, I guess, probably 10, right? That's where we always start. Josh, what translation do you have? NIV? Josh and I are winging it today, if you can't tell. 
Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. What does that mean? The devil has schemes against you. He's scheming against you. He's scheming against your heart, your faith, your marriage, your finances, your joy, your peace. He's scheming against you. But you're just gonna take your stand against because our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Our struggle is against rulers and authorities and spiritual uh, powers in this dark world and against spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. Josh, leave that verse up for a minute. That's what we prayed about. The apostle Paul is literally teaching the church, you're gonna fight demons, not be entertained by them. They are for you to drive out, not pay $14.95 a month to, to watch. I feel like I need a lot bigger amen on you stop being entertained by demons. I don't care what unbelievers do. I care what uncommon church does. We will not be entertained by the enemy. And we're not gonna fight people. We're fighting demonic strongholds. We're not fighting people. You're not fighting people that vote differently than you. You're not fighting people that have a different cultural background than you. You're not fighting people that believe differently than you. You're not fighting your spouse or your friends or your roommate. You're not fighting people. You're fighting demonic strongholds. Stop fighting people. Spouses, if you have had a knockdown, drag out, more than one hour, more than one four-letter word fight with your spouse this week, I want you to reach out to Pastor Josh and Ira and come in and talk to us. Because you are losing the battle against the devil's schemes for your marriage. And if you say nothing, they were on a cruise. You can't point to them like that, Maddie. That's not fair. They were on a cruise. They, they were in love with each other this week. I said that thing and Maddie was like, that was only a one cuss word fight. They're fine. I love you, Maddie. Well, I don't know what I was saying. Maddie and I got, had a joke there. It was, oh, if you're fighting with your spouse, you're losing the battle to the devil's schemes. Come talk to us. Let us encourage you and give you tools to help you win that battle. Amen? All right, hop up on your feet. I don't know where to go with this. We've already done everything. I guess we're going to bring the prayer team up. Sure, that'll work. If you need prayer because there's pain in your body or sickness in your body, or financial struggle, or relationship struggle, or addiction, or you feel like there's some more demonic strongholds, you're like, hey, we never prayed about the demonic stronghold of X, Y, Z. We'll help you with that prayer. Now, by the way, you need to learn to pray that by yourself. There's nothing super fancy special about these men and women up here at the prayer, prayer team. Every believer has the authority to drive out demons. So when you feel these things bubbling up, when you feel like a window is cracked and you let something in, you're like, son of a gun, do you smell that? You ever walked into an elevator where somebody broke wind right in front of you? That's kind of what it feels like in your heart. You're struggling with things you haven't struggled with in a long time and you're like, what, what in the, oh man, I forgot that I left this window open to my heart. And in the name of Jesus, I drive out every demonic stronghold and you close that window and the Holy Spirit cleanses that space in your heart. 
You have that power and authority. But if you're new to this kind of stuff and you need a little help, these men and women wanna pray for you. If an hour ago you prayed that prayer to repent of your sin and make Jesus the Lord of your life, and that was the first time or the first time in a long time, I want you to come screw in a light bulb on our Jesus wall because we wanna pray for you. We wanna encourage you. If you're watching online and you got right with God an hour ago, text the name Jesus, the word Jesus, J-E-S-U-S to 817-405-2244. That'll send an auto response form, fill that form out, click submit. We will write your name on the Jesus wall and we're gonna begin to pray for you and encourage you in your walk with God. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Church Podcast. If this message has impacted your life, please subscribe and share with your friends and family. And for more information on our church community, you can click the link in the description or visit uncommonchurch.tv.